So Chris, now that we've painted a very optimistic picture about this week and the stocks breaking out, bring us down, Chris. Why should we be worried about the market when it seems the economy is getting better? We're finally beating the virus and DC is going to throw us some more cash. That's right. That's great. Uh, we are bullish on the economy and we think things are going to be, you know, we're going to have decent growth this year. And I, what we've been always telling people is we're in this middle of this, uh, perhaps the biggest speculative mania in written history. And so speculative mania. We look at prices, even if things are going very, very well, prices are very high. And we can't tell you what is going to stop this, whether or not it's going to be a change in Fed policy. But the Fed is so accommodative. I guess the question is, when is that going to stop? And, uh, you know, we look at price sales on the S&P 500 approaching three times. Uh, market cap to GDP approaching uh, 200%. Uh, these are numbers we've just never seen before. And earnings have to come in line. Even with strong growth, it's going to be very tough to justify these valuations. Chris, uh, hey, I, you know, I'm with you there. I kind of tease you as being the, the cautious bear here for the market. But I've been writing about this, too. I mean, it's just uh, uh, unprecedented short interest now that's completely evaporated. A lot of these other metrics, price to sales, for example, as you mentioned, I know it's even higher than dot-com, but we've been higher than dot-com for like over a year. It hasn't been a good timing tool. The short interest side, that one we're just getting to. That's a new one for this year. We've never seen that before. That's right. And so what I would say is, you know, look, we sourced most of our return last year, or a good part of it, from the bond market. And, uh, you know, we were close to double digits. And I would just say that, uh, you know, with very little volatility, positive print in Q1. And so, you know, now what we're seeing is, you know, you're going to have to source, continue to source some returns from equities. But we're seeing a steepening in the yield curve, which tells us that there's a potential for, you know, this reflation trade could be a stagflation trade. And so with all of this stimulus, it really depends on where it goes into the economy, whether it's productive investment or uh, unproductive investment. And so we're starting to see the move up in commodities, uh, gold. And so we are, you know, we've taken off the long term bond positions. We are, you know, trimming sales there and looking for other uh, return sources. And I would just say that, uh, you know, you can't use these valuations as a, as a timing mechanism at the extremes, but you can use them as an allocation mechanism. So, you know, we, we just look for those opportunities based on different environments to put together portfolios that can try to weather uh, potentially very, very volatile conditions. Mm. Chris, when you think about what to use this for then, what is it? What do we use all this information for? Uh, is it uh, to think about allocation? So, okay, maybe you'd normally have 60, 40 stocks, to bonds, so I'll put less in stocks, or is this get out of stocks overall? What's the utility of seeing these things so elevated? Because so far, it just seems like they keep getting more elevated. Right, and you know, we, we on our biannual call in December, we showed our investors that, uh, you know, if you got out of the market in 1996 when Alan Greenspan, uh, you know, made his irrational exuberance call and went to the bond market, you did you know, you missed out on 99 and 2000, maybe 98, but the market came back to you. Uh, if you said, you know, I'm going to wait, and you wait until 97, 98, 99, uh, your return horizons looked even better. So all we're saying is from an allocation perspective, even though there's not a lot of yield in the bond market, uh, on a relative earnings, on a relative return basis over the next decade, 
stocks just don't offer a great opportunity. And so you look at cash, bonds as an option relative to that. And when, you know, when we talk about reflation, the conversations we're having with clients is, you know, the risk of stagflation, reflation is growing. And so you have to look at whether it's gold or emerging markets or even some certain foreign equities that have, uh, you know, sound currencies, those types of things. You have to start looking in that direction. Chris, one of the things that I viewed as a real risk to the market is rise in yields and a better than expected recovery that creates a bear case for long duration assets like expensive stocks. Uh, Michael Hartnett at Bank of America shares a pretty similar view. He's written about this quite a bit. But he also points out in their most recent note, I'm looking at the chart right now, that shows that after the Fed uh, helped bail out long-term capital management in 98. You had yields rise for another two years and the NASDAQ rise. Do we get a repeat of that situation? Is the yield-driven bear case a bankrupt one, or is there still a possibility that bonds could disrupt the stock market? I think it's a very distinct possibility, but where we're at right now with the two stents, our three-month ten, you know, ten-year, uh, you know, just over, you know, 100 basis points, uh, you're not, you know, we need, a, we need a lot more steepening for that, that part of the, the bond market to create a bear market in equities. I think, uh, you know, you need a, a 10-year over at least 2, 2.5%. So, uh, you know, but the steepening now has been pretty rapid. Uh, if we see more uh, policy stimulus uh, and continued support by the Fed, I wouldn't be surprised uh, to see, uh, you know, bigger moves in bonds. You know, we we, uh, we think that that is a distinct possibility. Chris, so you look at this 10-year, I've been kind of joking this week as well, the Bloomberg average estimate of economists, they survey 60, their median is 1.3% by year end. Tell me that's crazy, Chris. Is that not crazy? It's not crazy. I, I, think, uh, I think it could be much higher, but I also think it could be zero. So I think we will just whenever you have these very high debt levels, wait, uh, wait, we very, can still go to zero. Yeah, I absolutely. thought you had a positive economic view. You said, Chris, that this top the economy was looking to get better, but that would could create, you know, uh, complications for stocks. Zero percent yield potential sounds like we're doing like a double, triple dip situation. Oliver, we try to think about ranges of scenarios and possibilities of things that can happen. And one scenario that could happen is uh, we hit another set of lockdowns. We get, uh, you know, a loss of control in rates and uh, or, you know, a lot of panic. And so there uh, and we don't know where that can come from. I mean, it's uh, the problem is when you have very high debt levels, very extreme monetary policy, you can get extreme outcomes, whether it's uh, a zero percent on the 10 or a three. And, and so, you know, the one three may be at the mid of what can happen. So I don't think it's ex I don't think it's uh, crazy, okay. but I think that uh Depending on the path, right now the path is to reflation. So the path that the trend is up for yields. Right. And, uh, it's it's going to be tough to beat it. Okay. We were just uh, looking at a chart of that 10 year yield. I, I just like this diagonal line. If you just continue with the trend we're at right now, it gets us to 2% by the end of the year. Do you think that would be. So let's say, Chris, we get. Let's do a hypothetical here uh, in terms of what you see as the duration risk of this market. Last question. If we follow the current rate of the 10 year yield ascent, it gets us to 1.3%. The economist's average estimate, not at the end of the year, it gets us there in May. Let's say that happens. Where is the stock market? What does it mean for investors if we're at 1.3%, the average year-end estimate in two months? I, I would say that, uh, look, 
just to get back to dot-com level, valuation levels, the market's got to go down 20%. We get a pick up to 1.3%. Uh, given Fed policy, I would I could see it flat. I mean, I really do think that this uh, this flow of monetary policy, we, you know, we've told people the monetary base increase is a 10 standard deviation event. And so it is really driving, you know, it's taking assets out of the market, driving flows and speculative assets globally. And so, uh, you know, the yields are not, I, I still think there's pre- support under prices. Uh, I don't know when that ends. If it does end sooner, uh, I'd expect to see the market down, you know, in bear market territory or closer. But I think for now, we can see that, you know, this is going to be a slight headwind for equities, not a major headwind.